Flat Earthworms Auto Hoax. Thank you for joining. We're going over the hoaxes that we've covered in the last three podcasts, tying up some loose ends. Uh, first of all, let me just go ahead and give a massive thank you to all of the unsung heroes who are clearing the piles of dead bodies from the streets each night as we wake up to uh, clear sidewalks. Talking about, of course, the COVID casualties piled up everywhere. All right, so uh, let's continue with this. So we we started talking about McAfee, his dead man's switch. Now, seven days, if he doesn't if he doesn't respond or do his thing in seven days, supposedly the dead man's switch will be triggered and the deep state will be doxxed and we'll find out everything and the executions will happen. Trump will take command with JFK Jr. and they will release the Tesla tech, time machines and UFOs. And I think we also all get unlimited bank accounts. Like It's a pretty big thing, this big revelation, this big awakening that's to come. But we're waiting for this, for something. And there might be something to it. In fact, someone had pointed out to me that the Q itself, the letter Q, if you rotate it, it becomes a reset symbol. Listen to this. Uh, Q rotated becomes a reset symbol. Now, again, McAfee is more or less considered to be a QAnoner. It turns out that the drone footage that we got above Epstein Island that showed the FBI unpacking the evidence was being flown by John McAfee, or at least he insinuated as much, on several occasions. Now, the username behind the account that was doing the drone footage at Epstein Island was Rusty Shackleford. And Rusty Shackleford does connect to a character who's connected to death faking. And also keep in mind that McAfee had faked a heart attack before in order to get out of... uh, being deported so the idea that he would fake his death isn't all that far-fetched and that's actually the issue right now so if you don't know the story about the dogs apparently he had nine dogs or so running amok on the beach on the island where he lived now these dogs were apparently kind of a rough or something and supposedly a neighbor who had complained about the behavior of these nine guard dogs had poisoned them. So in retribution, it's believed that John McAfee uh, went over to the house of Gregory Fall in 2012 and tasered him, tortured him, and shot him in the head. So uh, Fall was shot to death in early November 2012 with McAfee as the prime suspect. Now again, uh, supposedly this guy spiked the dog's food with poison so all they know is an intruder got into this guy's home repeatedly tasered him and then shot him well immediately after McAfee goes out hiding and he actually buries himself in the sand with a cardboard box over his head and then he escapes to Guatemala with his 20 year old girlfriend Uh, later a caretaker of of McAfee's property said that McAfee had paid somebody 5,000 to do the killing but my point is uh, this happened this guy's dead And his sister is asking for proof that John McAfee's actually dead. She happens to think that he's faking his death. And you can kind of see why. So 
just more suggesting. And was McAfee a QAnon? He insinuated that one, that he was QAnon. And two, moments after he was supposedly uh, suicided or moments after he died, someone went onto his Instagram account and actually posted a big Q. John McAfee, a man of many faces. So this is a video I want to draw your attention to, and I'll put a link. If you just go to autohoax.com, you will find this in the show notes. John McAfee, a man of many faces by Tamara Magdalene Lioness of the Yeshua 2. And she has gone through John McAfee's life in detail, his use of body doubles. Apparently, he's had multiple body doubles, and one of them was supposedly killed on the way to a cryptocurrency conference. Uh, there are other indicators that this guy was deeply paranoid about being uh, whacked. Of course, you have this video on the dark web of Epstein, where uh, apparently John, um, Epstein, if you remember back in October, November, somebody had recorded or provided this footage, and they said, hey, look, Epstein's still alive. He's on his island. Well, that's what McAfee's footage was showing, among other things. But now what this uploader has come across here is she thinks that John McAfee was portraying himself as Bernie. You know, Weekend at Bernie's in one of his final interviews and that he was doing so to send a message about a staged death upcoming. So let me go ahead and play about 30 seconds from this video where it juxtaposes a clip from Weekend at Bernie's with an interview with some ominous statements by McAfee. Welcome to Bernie's place. Now look at the clothing. I went on the run in Belize. I had friends in the U.S. Embassy in Belize. I knew I was coming down. I'm not stupid. You're a rich girl and you're gone too far cause you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old so, the uploader writes here, it's not a coincidence that John McAfee mirrors the corrupt businessman Bernie who is executed and becomes a puppet who everyone believes is alive. So he does this kind of a similar Weekend at Bernie's pose and everything. And this uploader suggests that this is purposeful. Uh, moreover, the beach house is actually very similar to Bernie's house from the movie. And I alluded to when he faked his heart attack, and oddly enough, that was in the news, where they showed his body being rushed to the hospital from the prison. And you know, he's being displayed and carried out. I mean, clearly this is some kind of theater. Uh, the uploader has many other things to add on to this, but mainly she suggests here, it says, even his Twitter banner is blatantly telling you he's part of the program. And that's pretty much the bottom line. Uh, some have suggested he had something to do with, or his 31 terabytes had something to do with that tower falling. Uh, totally not true. Fake tweet. Uh, if somebody gives you a screen cap of a tweet and they don't provide a link to the original, it's probably fake. But on that topic of the tower, uh, there's some great crisis acting worth examining here. Uh, I mean, look at these smiling faces. You wouldn't know that they have loved ones uh, being crushed to death beneath the rubble. They look like they're going to Disneyland. It's nice to see the crisis actors aren't wearing masks. I guess they don't get paid for doing two psyops at once. Okay, but you, the, some of these 
these actors are unbelievable. And a shout out to uh, Jurassic Liars for assembling this. Some of these are uh, Gene Rosenberry, Gene Rosen level uh, crisis actors. These are some of the worst. In fact, I'm surprised we didn't see Wayne Sexton here. So I'm going to show you one actress who reads from a teleprompter, and it just reminds me of like a really bad, like dare skit. Like this is acting 101 stuff. And look at this creature. I showed this creature yesterday, but by the recovery effort here, I didn't this show is her the message that she had show this. for the first responders. You shouldn't be allocating your resources. You need to call in other teams to help you, and you need to do this immediately. Okay, so she's reading from a teleprompter or a piece of paper actually in front of her, and she's talking about allocating resources. I think she's trying to play the role of somebody who's really mad at the government. But as you can see here, she's just reading lines. Allocating your resources, you need to call in other teams to help you and you need to do this immediately because every minute that goes by could be another life. And it's not just the life of the person. My children are going to be orphans. And then afterward, she leans back and I'm going to put this in slow motion here. I'm just going to, I want to watch this a little slower. So at the end, after she reads the lines, she looks up and makes eye contact with whoever is coaching her through this. And that's my point. We see this a lot with staged events. Uh, really bottom rung actors. Uh, they can't make it in Hollywood, so they join the Government Actors Guild, the GAG. And they get coached. That's the thing. If you're a witness to something, why would you need the person behind this camera? or behind the microphone rather, to tell you how to respond or to try to get you to emote. And so she's clearly reading. She stops and she smiles widely. There were a number of these, you know, big smiles at this event, which again, another indicator, it's pretty much probably a hoax. Quite a lot going on today um, all around up um, above and down here below. The QAnon stuff's been pretty big. Although at that last Trump meetup, that rally in Ohio a couple days ago, they actually prohibited any shirts with a letter Q. And do you remember I've been saying that the Chinese military are going to come in and take the Qs off your keyboard? That you might as well just take your Q off now? That they're coming for the question marks too? Well, look, it's like literally true. Even at a Trump rally, they cannot wear the letter Q. What does that tell you? You know, it tells you quite a bit, if you ask me, about how controlled this whole thing is. But again, the Q has been noted as uh, really an inverted reset button, which is kind of interesting. Anyway, we're still waiting on McAfee, but we'll follow up on that soon. Um, this is not surprising. I'm not sure if you've heard about these, but the talk now is to follow up COVID lockdowns with climate change lockdowns. I'm just gonna play a couple seconds of this. 18 months, so we know that anything is possible. What does this mean exactly? Well, you know, in my book, Green Fraud, I detail two chapters on this, Tucker. This is the climate activists were, first of all, jealous when the COVID lockdowns happened. They were beside themselves saying, how is this happening? Everyone from Greta Thunberg to John Kerry, UN officials. And, and then they started saying- And he's right about this. The Greenies were jealous of COVID. I, I remember early on, RT put out a piece that said, COVID-19 is doing Greta's work, and that is the case. But environmentalism has always been a stalking horse for growing government. Like, I think we all know this. And uh, COVID just kind of fast-forwarded the whole thing. I was like, wow, they really fast-tracked Agenda 2030. 
And before it was over, we had the individual at the World Economic Forum, uh, Klaus Schwab, talking about this exact same thing. Like, let's seize the moment. The system is stopped, so why restart it? That's kind of their thinking here. That, that's the whole idea behind this, quote, reset. All right, so let us continue. This is another development I found to be almost, this is just, I thought it was parody. But you have a pastor, his name is Kenny Hart. And he compares, uh, he doesn't compare Kaepernick to Jesus. He compares Jesus to Kaepernick. You know, Jesus says you so you know when Jesus cried, when Jesus wept over Jerusalem? Well, according to Kenny Hart, Jesus was being very Kaepernick, uh, Kaepernickian. So Jesus is almost like Colin Kaepernick when he cries over Jerusalem. Uh, let's take a listen. You know, Jesus says you can't serve God and money, right? Like there's, there, he says you're going to love one and forsake the other. Like there's this, there's this line in the sin that God says, and he, he doesn't say you can't love your country. In fact, Jesus loved Israel, mm -hmm. loved Israel. Mm -hmm. At the same time, he said that at, at the same time, he wept over his nation. Mm -hmm. He wept over where Israel was, right? Mm -hmm. He looked over the nation and looked at the hardness of heart and looked at the oppression in the land and looked at the poor and looked at the marginal and looked at the way that the lepers were treated and women were treated and all these different groups were treated. Yeah. And Jesus wept over that, knowing that he would have to die for it. So, so there's a way in which that he says, in order to love my country, this is almost um, I'm Kaepernickian and I'm just like throwing the head in there. I know that's a bomb to drop. <laughs> Okay, that's the word, Kaepernickian. So it was very Kaepernickian of Jesus uh, to weep over Jerusalem. Just kind of a strange comparison. I had brought up a couple days ago how, you know, Ben and Jerry, they have their Kaepernick-flavored ice cream over there on Reno now. And I'm like, when is Baskin-Robbins going to do it? Because Baskin-Robbins, if you didn't notice, look at their logo, turn it sideways, um, or it depends on, on how it's oriented on the one you're looking at. But on this one here... Uh, you can clearly see the BR is a 1312, which is what Black Lives Matter spray paints on everything. It stands for All Cops Are Bastards, ABAC. So I was like, when is Baskin Robbins going to do like Ben and Jerry's? It could do something even more poignant, like the, the ACAB flavor. Anyway, uh, climate lockdowns are coming. Nothing uh, surprising to anybody here. Uh, the world's just totally upside down now, where you can um, compare historical characters to modern people. It's not the other way around. Everything's literally backwards. Uh, this is fascinating. China's using mythology and science fiction to sell its space program to the world. It's kind of funny how sometimes uh, mass media publications will get things accurate, but they don't know why they're accurate, or they don't know how right they are. Like, they, they think that they just tapped into something. Like, hey, look, China's using uh, sci-fi to make this vision cool, to sell people in this utopianism. And it's like, uh, no, NASA has been using mythology and science fiction to sell us in the space program since the very beginning. And since there ever was any actual space program, uh, they have been using fiction to sell us on this concept of a perfect world. But anyway, I just thought, that's strange. A little bit of a... A little bit of cognizance here among the media they noticed something like no it's not a coincidence entertainment is actually brainwashing and any kind of entertaining side effect is just that it's just a byproduct of the actual brainwashing it's a very tasty poison 
Uh, that's all it is. It's all worldview shaping propaganda. In fact, I think it's fascinating that uh, one of the terms, one of the slogans that uh, is associated with the communists because of uh, this idea that they couldn't unite the workers of the world because the workers of the world were in love with the world, their property, their standard of living. So they said that they're going to have to brainwash everybody by going through the institutions, the long march through the institutions. That's how they described it. I thought that's kind of interesting because China's rocket to Mars is actually called the Long March. And I thought, well, the Martian program, if anything, the idea of it fundamentally is you're getting people who, to leave the world behind. Everything the communists couldn't get them to do by suggesting that, you know, you have to do this for the poor. Well, now you're doing it to save the world and to save humanity. And as part of this, well, technology as savior, but it's, it's like this transhuman utopianism. But you're, you're leaving the world behind. You're leaving behind your nations, your identities, uh, your property, of course. And you're getting into a uniform that has a plastic bubble over your head. And you live underneath the dome, probably under the ground because of the radiation. And you just labor until you die, if you survive the flight. I mean, they have managed to really package, I think, slavery as something desirable. Like, almost like the Jetsons. And that, to me, is the long march. That was the subversion, to take the property-owning capitalists and turn them against their system because it's bad for the world and get them willing to quite literally leave the world behind, which is, I, I think is just an... I think space travel itself is all allegory and utopianism, but people are obviously uh, buying it. Now, uh, this is gaslighting. This is just an example. You know, gaslighting is when Have basically you you're told that what you perceive is wrong. So your perceptions are off, but you can trust, like, don't trust your own perceptions, but trust what you're being told, even if your perceptions are right. And the consistent, um, almost like the persistently, um, the needling of somebody's sense of sanity, like, oh, you're crazy for thinking this. That makes you crazy. Eventually, it's supposed to have an effect. This is the thing you saw with 1984, Ministry of Love, Room 101, where O'Brien is torturing Winston Smith to get him to stop relying on his own perceptions and to just take Big Brother's word for everything. So how many fingers am I holding up? If he's holding up four, you're going to say five because they say two plus two is five. And that's what the screen is, the TV screen, the movie screen. It's the screened reality that they approve of. And they gaslight the people who don't believe it by calling them crazy. And this is one of the new angles I've seen. This is from Mashable. Conspiracy theories are a mental health crisis. And think back at how many of these mass shooters have been considered mentally ill. But now it's getting a little interesting because it wasn't... And at that point, it's just they're crazy. They can't be trusted with guns. Movies are making them crazy. Or they're just inherently violent. But then they started adding in stuff like... The guy who shot up the Walmart a couple summers, summers ago was supposedly motivated by QAnon, and it turned him against immigrants. So they've been attaching conspiracy theories to the shooters as another way of suggesting that fringe, uncensored, unsanitized information is a threat to public health. And they made that case with the whole COVID thing. They said, 
that what's worse than COVID is the misinformation that causes people to not trust the media. Which, by the way, trust in media is at an all-time low for obvious reasons. It's because people are tired of being gaslit, except for the people who go with the gaslighting. The ones who go with it are mind-controlled. That's the whole process. The process is when you cease to trust your own perceptions and you allow them to perceive for you while you're under control. You're no longer questioning things. But now they're going out to say that conspiracy theories are the problem. Not the conspiracy theorists, not the ones who take things too far, but now the existence of these ideas out there are just as bad as having, well, like viruses on the loose. So this is part of a two-part series by Mashable exploring the, quote, intersection between disinformation and mental health. Now, one of the things about this that they will never do is they will never say, watching too much mass media makes you crazy. They'll never say that. But they will say, paying attention to disinformation will make you crazy. And I think that's fascinating. If you consider how often what the mass media produces is crazy making and wrong. You know, more than 66% of hate crimes that are reported are later debunked. And you can find these statistics uh, being parroted, not these statistics, these hate crimes being parroted, and nobody goes back after the fact to say, oh, we were wrong. Or if they do, their apology isn't as loud as their initial uh, psyop, you know, when they initially use this to get everybody emotionally triggered. A case in point, of course, Jesse Smollett. Jesse was lynched by five individuals with MAGA hats. Turns out they were his friends, and he paid them like $3,500 a piece to stage it. But the media ran with it. So my point is, um, the idea that not trusting the media makes, makes you somehow crazy, or it's, it's uh, somehow paying attention to the news makes you saner, that's crazy. The news would make you crazy. It's literally crazy-making. People... Uh, where, you know, double masks, double vaxes are the norm. Now helmets for space junk. That's coming. I remember in 2019, I said, you're going to see spacesuits 2020. Because they're getting people acclimated. And it became very clear with COVID that they're going to use the existence of the virus, the invisible threat, to kind of shoehorn people into the idea that you're an alien to this environment. And you need to be protected. You need a, a new immune system, externally and internally, PPE and the vax. That's what they convince people of. So I, I could see how, okay, they're moving people into actual spacesuits. It's happening. So when I say that people are going to be wearing helmets for space junk, yeah, I think it's coming. Probably 2022, if not sooner. In fact, um, when, it, when the Chinese space junk was flipping around, um, right before Elon Musk took the stage at uh, Saturday Night Live. I think it landed in the Indian Ocean. But, you know, that thing was up there, and people were actually tweeting about this, about putting helmets on. And I did some research, and 42 years prior, when Skylab fell, there were people who were kind of hosting these helmet parties, where they were kind of joking about it, but they were holding these parties in case the space junk fell on them. So anyway... Uh, let me continue on this article. It's just suggesting that, and this is a direct quote, disinformation can include conspiracy theories presented as fact. And those who share disinformation refuse to admit when they're wrong. Now, I don't agree with that. 
Uh, although some do push the goalposts, a lot of conspiracy theorists who are married to certain outcomes won't let it go. Uh, and I, I, you know, you, you see that goalpost moving to where one minute they're afraid of 5G towers, then they're afraid of weaponized viruses, then they're afraid of masks, then they're afraid of nanobots, then they're afraid of, you know, fill in the blank. It's just one thing after another instead of suggesting or admitting that maybe there was nothing to fear in the first place. But this is true for MSM as well. Uh, try to get someone to disbelieve something that they were told by Anderson Cooper or somebody equally as reputable, somebody like uh, Lion Brian Williams. If they heard it from one of these authoritative sources behind a desk, nothing you say will get them to admit that they were wrong because they can't admit that these news agencies lie. They might admit that one or two persons might lie, but they don't get it that the entire network is built on lies. You know, the whole Brian Williams thing was fascinating. I remember at the time I was like, wow, this guy got excoriated, he got memed, but in six months he was back. How did he get back after lying about being on some mission where these, uh, their helicopter was shot at? I mean, he had all kinds of tall tales. Brian Williams said that after Katrina, he was in a hotel and he was watching bodies floating, flooding down the streets with the waters just floating away, just corpses. Never happened. But he got back, and, this, and the reason why is because the entire network is based on lies and psychological operations. The truth has nothing to do with it. It's all about worldview shaping. So anyway, let us continue. This is from Mashable. People who immerse themselves in the swamp of polluted information, especially those with an attachment to QAnon, have expressed preoccupation and distress over riddles and clues waiting for predictions to come true. If their mental health hadn't been poor prior to their involvement in these online communities, it seems to decline the deeper they go and their friends and family notice. Here's a subreddit dedicated to people who've lost friends or family members to QAnon. And they compare it to a cult. Again, it's just fascinating to me though, because like the MSM will call anything that isn't it, a cult. I mean, what's the definition of a cult anyway? It's just the church down the street from your own. Now, I thought this thing was going to go away, um, this, this QAnon thing. Then I see Trump coming out again, and I thought, well, maybe he's going to rile them up a little bit uh, for the midterms or something. But he certainly did, or they certainly did, uh, I think, get kind of a another dose of hopium with this McAfee death switch and we're still waiting on that now let's take a look at this here too because one thing the the riot on the Capitol or the what was that was that a guided tour with more cameramen than insurrectionists you know the farce the political theater from 1-6 that they're treating as like the next 9-11 that was like a they compare it to 9-11 they're investigating it like it was 9-11 well, top to bottom, it was a PSYOP. I think most of you listening here know that thing was fake. However, it's important noting that all of them, from the 33-year-old with the Viking hat on down, they're all saying that they were crazy, that they have schizophrenia, PTSD, or that they were somehow rendered incapable of refusing the pull of this propaganda from Trump. In fact, they're calling it the dumbass defense. But what it says here is more than two-thirds of the QAnon adherents charged at the insurrection 
have experienced severe mental health conditions. So what does that tell you? It tells you that they created these characters for this PSYOP in order to paint up the new threat as people who are not just extreme or radical, but people who are vulnerable to conspiracy theories. So here I am, innocently promulgating conspiracy theories. And then you have these individuals who are mentally ill. They hear the conspiracy theory, they pick up a gun, and they go after blood drinkers or, or baby-eating politicians, child traffickers. That's the thinking here. They're trying to create these correlations so that they can punish the promulgators of conspiracy theories. And remember, a conspiracy theory is just non-mainstream media news. So this is a way of demonizing and putting a target on anybody who isn't mainstream. has nothing to do with the actual QAnons, the QAnoners, who are seen as victims. They're victims of the, inf of the information. Just like you can catch a virus, you can catch a conspiracy theory. You see a flat earth meme, you can drive off the edge, and it's the fault of the person who posted the meme. Okay, um, this is again from Mashable. It says, terrorists are rarely diagnosed with mental illness. And they typically exhibit traits like strategic thinking, planning, and execution that helps them accomplish complex and violent aims. So wait, I thought they were mentally ill. Since when are mentally ill known for exhibiting traits of focus, strategic thinking, planning, and execution? It says here, uh, the pressures of the pandemic, including uncertainty, anxiety, fear, and isolation, has pushed people towards embracing false or improbable views that offer certainty, and these can serve as triggers for radicalization. So it's all about coping by conspiracy. Now, there has to be something to it, in my view. There's something to this. Um, you know, I don't say that necessarily that Q has anything legitimate to what he's saying, but there's something to this whole drama that's unfolding. Like, I think this QAnon is an operation, and I think it was put out there with broader intentions of controlling the flow of information itself. I don't think it's a coincidence that pretty much everything that was set up post 9-11 to deal with the terrorists has been repurposed. So now you have the, the white Al-Qaeda vanilla ISIS threat, and it's all templated. The QAnon is templated off of the Quran and these violent verses. And the contact tracing and the, the extraordinary rendition that goes along with hunting down terrorists, it's all being applied here. Okay, finally it says, and this is according to Mashables and their research, uh, among conspiracy theorists, feelings of depression were closely linked to the belief that the pharmaceutical industry is involved in spreading the COVID and there's a link between 5G and COVID. So it's a wellness issue. Disinformation is a wellness issue and it can make people sick. I mean, we've heard this before. They've used the lexicon of epidemiology to describe information uh, even before they brought out COVID. And I've been saying that the pandemic was actually a cover, a cover story for the mass media going after the infodemic, which is real. There is an infodemic. That's real. The pandemic is the false cover story. Uh, by the way, McDonald's is giving away vaccines with every Big Mac. I suggested this like months ago. 
I'm like, just put the Vax in the Big Mac. McDonald's have something extra on the menu tonight. For a limited time, you can get burgers and shakes with a side of Pfizer. That's right, the Pfizer vaccine is being offered at select locations. This Vallejo McDonald's is among those serving up shots today. And 12-year-old Ayana was relieved to roll up her sleeve at a familiar place. This was really quick and easy. There wasn't a line whatsoever. You just walk in, get it, and walk out. It was really fun. So I think it was pretty easy, and I think other people who, like me, with anxiety, it's much easier. It's all... Okay, anyway, there she is at McDonald's getting stuck. She's got the mask on. The only thing she's missing is her space junk helmet, and I assure you she'll be among the first... Uh, to get those once they become available. All right, uh, thanks for joining. We're going to be returning to a regular schedule soon. Go to autohoax.com to get the replays for these daily podcasts. And this is a new track by Symbia. See you all later. Autohoax.com